Welcome to the Association Advisor Podcast. We're excited you've joined us for our latest conversation about best practices and leadership strategies for association professionals. I'm Katie Brown. And I'm Kelly Clark. We welcome Jennifer Spear, a facilitator, trainer, and unconsultant on this episode to talk about change. The past year has forced everyone to deal with some level of change, but the end of the pandemic won't single the end of change forever. As associations like yours grow, mature, and adapt to new circumstances and refine their missions, change will always be a constant. Jennifer works with organizations to help them think creatively, solve problems, and plan strategically. Her consultancy, Unscripted, helps organizations accept the offer of change. We've spoke with her about how to become more resilient and accepting of change and how to work unscripted, especially during a time when we're all going through so many changes. Jennifer offers great advice about overcoming obstacles to changes, as well as plowing through change fatigue in order to stay afloat and thrive. You're gonna find this episode very useful, no matter your association role or goals. But first, a message about our 2021 Association Communications Benchmarking Survey. The 2021 Association Communications Benchmarking Survey is now open. This comprehensive study defines member communications best practices for associations of all sizes. When you take this survey, you have the opportunity to see where you score against those best practices. The results have given association communicators a roadmap to more effective member communications for a decade. This is the 10th anniversary of the survey and the longitudinal view of how associations have changed their practices over the last 10 years is invaluable. And it's possible because of professionals like you who give 30 minutes of your time to improve the practice of member communications for all. Go to the link in this episode's show notes to take the survey. You can also find a link on associationadvisor.com. Just go to associationadvisor.com and search benchmarking. And furthermore, when you take the survey, you'll get a best practice report card and early notice about the release of the 2021 report this July. So give us your input to shape the report into an insightful and relevant resource for the entire association community. The survey will remain open through April 30th. Look for the link in the show notes of this episode or on associationadvisor.com by searching for the keyword benchmarking. And as an added incentive, this year, survey participants who complete the survey will be entered for a chance to win one of 25 $100 Amazon gift cards when the survey closes. So what do you have to lose? Access the survey today and help out your fellow communicators. And thank you in advance for your participation in this community-based resource. We also want to share that the next Digital Summit at Home virtual conference is April 27th through 29th. This is for all you association marketers that are listening and for the association professionals who don't necessarily have marketer on your resume, but wear that hat anyway. Digital Summit at Home April will have a special focus on digital marketing for associations, nonprofits, and community organizations. Hear keynote speeches from author Priya Parker, MZ Goodman of Charity Water, and Rob Lee of ASAE. There will be more than 35 sessions across three days and workshops about content marketing, member engagement, email marketing, lead gen, revenue strategies, diversity and inclusion, and more. Snag your ticket at digitalsummit.com. Groups of three or more get a $50 discount, even if that group isn't at the same organization. 
So tap your marketing friends to join you for three days of interactive learning. Go to digitalsummit.com and register for Digital Summit at Home for Associations April 27th through 29th. One more time, that URL is digitalsummit.com. Jennifer Spear is a recovering corporate executive who now helps organizations do things differently by learning to work and lead unscripted. Jennifer is a dynamic speaker, facilitator, trainer, and unconsultant who works with organizations to help them think creatively, solve problems, plan strategically, and make innovation a reality in their workplaces. Prior to starting Unscripted, Jennifer was Vice President of Marketing and Human Resources for a national retailer. She's a graduate of both Ivy's Executive MBA program and the Second City Improvisation program because like work and business, she takes improv seriously. A longtime student of human behavior, Jennifer also has a Bachelor of Arts with distinction in psychology and a Bachelor of Business Administration in Marketing with Honors. She's a member of the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers, the National Speakers Association, and the Canadian Society of Association Executives, among other memberships. She also sits on the board of directors of Meetings Mean Business Canada. Jennifer is the author of the upcoming book, Unscripted. You can find out more about her and her work at workunscripted.com. Welcome, Jennifer, to the Association Advisor podcast. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me here. I'm thrilled to be here. Now, your work centers around accepting and taking advantage of change, and you call it working unscripted. What does it mean to work unscripted? Uh, well, often we'll have a plan, you know, for how we want things to go, and it can be very useful for us. We might have a plan for work or for home or what we're doing. Um, or we might have a routine for how we like to do things. And then something will happen, a change will occur, and we'll have to go off that plan or off that script that we've been following in order to be able to adapt in the moment to that plan. And so when I talk about working unscripted, it's about being able to go off the plan or off the script that we were following when change happens. Uh, the unscripted is based on the principles of improv and problem solving. Are you familiar with improv? Yes. Big fan yeah. of Second City and SNL. Excellent. So, yeah, improvisational theater, that's like performance improv. Uh, the way that works is two or more people would go up on stage without a script and they create something on the spot that you would have sworn was rehearsed in advance. And the reason it works is because there's rules in improv that every improviser knows. And because every improviser knows them, any improviser can get on stage with any other improviser and they can create something on the spot. And one of those key rules in improv that makes it work every time is this idea of accepting offers. And so what an offer is, is anything that's done, said, or brought into an improv scene is considered an offer. And it's your job or it's your duty to accept the offer. So you cannot block or deny an offer. So every time improvisers get on stage, each one is making an offer and the other one is accepting the offer and they're building on it to move forward. 
And so if we apply those same principles to our work, you know, to um, to our lives in terms of what we're doing, anything that comes into our scene, any change that occurs, instead of seeing it as a as a change, we can see it as an offer. And we need to be able to accept that offer in order to continue on. And so about being unscripted, any of those changes that are happening as we're following a plan and plans are very useful for us, routine is very useful. But if a change happens, if we can just accept that as an offer, we don't necessarily have to judge it as good or bad. It's an offer. We can accept it and then we can adapt to it and be able to move forward. When I'm talking to groups, uh, whether I'm doing a keynote or a workshop, there's a video that I like to share and it shows a, a man and a woman on an escalator and as they're going up the escalator it suddenly stops and they're stuck on the escalator and they start screaming out for help could someone help them because they're stuck on this escalator and i love the idea of that being a metaphor for us when we're following a script and then all of a sudden something changes and we're stuck so recognizing that that escalator being stopped is an offer and we have to accept that offer and decide whether we're going to walk up the escalator stairs or, or get off and, and take the stairs. So it's a, it's a great metaphor for that in terms of, you know, needing to follow our script or, you know, can we accept the change that's happened? Man, if there were ever <laughs> a good way of summing up 2020, I think we'd call it working unscripted. As you were talking that through in my head, I was like, man, that is such a good way of putting all of what 2020 was. So with that said, do you think the pandemic is making people more adaptable? And are we becoming more resilient about making and accepting change because of what we went through collectively as a world during COVID? Uh, absolutely. And when you said that 2020 really was unscripted, that that is how I see it. I mean, prior to the pandemic, I would say to groups, you know, what if? What if we could no longer work the way we've always worked? What if we could no longer do things we've always done or how we've done it or, or for who we've done it, how we've delivered our services? And then it happened. Then COVID yeah. happened, I, right? I never had to ask what if again. We all experienced it all at the same time, yet we all experienced it in different ways. Um, and it's tremendously powerful because all of our scripts had to change, especially when we had to suddenly work from home. Um, I had a client who was telling me that they had been talking for over two years, having these regular meetings on whether could they possibly one day maybe have some of their staff perhaps work from home a couple of days a week? You know, and it was like this two-year conversation of whether this could happen or not. Then all of a sudden COVID hit. I'm in Toronto and we had a lockdown order and everyone had to go home. And within two weeks, they had their entire staff working from home, set up with the computers. Everyone was being able to work and have their meetings and and have discussions and it was because that change was forced upon them then they actually accepted that change they found that they were actually working better uh, they were uh, able to make decisions faster they were a little more nimble and it was because they had this experience of okay we were able to do that if we could do that then 
we can make this next decision. And so part of that resiliency and that adaptability is the recognition that you have that ability already, right? So resilience is about being able to bounce back. Um, so when things happen, and it's a it's a skill, um, and like any skill, you get better at it the more you practice it. But if you've had experience from having to respond or adapt or bounce back, you can recall that, and and that makes you feel more confident in the moment. When I'm talking to to groups, I'll often ask them to picture a time like usually at work, but picture a time where you're feeling really proud of yourself, right? a time where you know you did good and everyone starts getting a good smile on their face and maybe nodding their heads a bit. And then I'll ask them if the time that they're picturing, is it a time where you did something that you've done a hundred times before, you did it exactly the same way and got exactly the same result and no one will put up their hand. But if I say, all right, is the time that you're picturing, the time that you're most proud of, is it a time where you did something new? Maybe you overcame an obstacle or a challenge. Maybe you solved a complex problem or got better than expected results. And that's when the hands go up and the heads start nodding. And so really in that moment, they are unscripted. Um, people are not proud of the moments where they held rigidly to a script. Right. They are actually proud of these moments where they are able to go off the script to solve a problem and to be able to move forward. And then I will have everyone in the audience repeat, uh, repeat a phrase, uh, which is very powerful. And it's I got this. Do you guys want to try it? Sure. I got this. I got this. this. Ah, right on. And you have to say with a little bit of attitude, right? Like some gusto. I got this. <laughs> I got this. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Because anytime we're dealing with challenge and change, anytime we're in a new situation, we can feel a little bit nervous or anxious. But once you've done something, you know, for the second, seventh, twelfth time, you can feel pretty confident. But there's no reason why you can't feel bring that confident feeling into a new situation, even if you've never done it before. So you could say, I haven't done this before, but I've dealt with problems before. I've dealt with difficult people before. I've solved problems before. If I could do it then, I could do it now. Bring it on. I got this. And so the idea of being more adaptable or being more resilient during COVID, it just makes a lot of sense because we've all had to change so much so fast. We're getting good at it. We can recall the most difficult things that we've had to do over the past year. So the next time some small change comes up, it's like, oh, yeah, I got this. And being able to move forward with that feeling. The other thing that's that's really powerful in this is if you say it to somebody else, you know, Kelly, you got this. <laughs> I know you can do this. There's nothing more powerful than someone else's confident confidence in us. And so if you think about yourself at work, if you, if you are a leader and you're you're talking to your staff, if they're trying something new to say to them, I know you can do this. You got this. So even if it's a new situation for the person, knowing that you have confidence in their in their abilities will give them the confidence to be able to try and to move forward. So Absolutely. As um, frustrating at times 
that it has been through this pandemic, I do believe we are becoming more resilient and more adaptable, and we will be able to apply this in the future. Um, I know at the moment people are feeling a little bit fatigued by all of these decisions, but once we build these skills, these uh, resiliency skills and the skills around being unscripted, then they become more of your go-to way of approaching situations, your go-to mindset, that it's not going to take as much effort, you know, um, as much, uh, it's not going to be as taxing on you because these become your way of approaching situations. So definitely we can build those, those skills. Yeah, I think one interesting, you know, component looking back on our collective experience that was, that is this pandemic, um, is that, you know, we did all go through it at precisely the exact same time. And I think one of, when I look back on some of the hardest times in my life, I don't realize what I went through till I'm through it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And and I think sometimes, you know, as humans, we aren't so worried about the problem. We're worried about all the things we think about in relation to the problem. And so, you know, I love this idea of working unscripted because 95% of the time, those thoughts we had about whatever the problem or obstacle is, don't turn out to even be what the reality is. And I know with so many people who haven't gone through, you know, something like COVID or some really, you know, earth shattering, life changing experience like we all just did, you don't realize what you're capable of until you're nearly on the other side of the storm. And so I think it has empowered people probably in ways that they haven't even realized or tapped into yet, which I think will have incredible impacts on our society. To your point, as we start to come up against seemingly smaller issues, but issues nonetheless, we have those skills just inherent within us because of what we went through to be more creative, be adaptable, teamwork, so much great, like grassroots level teamwork came out of so many different components to last year. So this idea of working unscripted to me is much more fun than setting out the plan with its 20 steps and actually being crazy enough to think that you're going to get one through 20 in order. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's, it is really interesting. Um, as we think about that in terms of these big changes and then the smaller changes and taking that time to reflect on it, because we've been going through so many changes, I don't know if we allow ourselves to sit back and go, hey, look what I just did, you know, and, and actually recognize it or to do it for our teams as well. But in terms of the the planning and the unscripted, um, unscripted, as much as it's based on improv, it's really not about winging it. So it is about being so prepared and being so good that when change happens, we can go off the script when we need to. And so the plans are good. And so there's nothing uh, wrong with planning. A big part of what I do for clients is strategic planning. But once you've got the plan, if something happens, if change happens, to be open to that, to accept the change and be able to move on. Um, covid Absolutely the biggest change that any of us have ever had to deal with, and and um, I'm knocking on wood right now, that we ever have to deal with. Um, 
but recognizing that change can be large and small, it can happen all around us. And and just to be able to be open that change can happen and, and to accept it is, as you said, Katie, is very healthy um, to be able to move forward with. I have a quick question before we move on to the next topic. You've mentioned that the best way to become comfortable with change and adapt to it is to practice it. And we've also had a lot of practice with accepting change over the past year. And we do get fatigued. So how do you overcome the fatigue of making changes, especially if they come in rapid succession or if there's just a large number of them at once? It's very hard, especially we're seeing it in such an extreme way um, in this past year than normally. So if we think about, you know, the normal level of change that we would be dealing with, and, and even that felt like a lot. And now we're dealing with just an incredible amount of change on top of that. And some of it, it's hard to deal with because it seems more arbitrary or ambiguous, and, and we're not sure why we're making the change, and sometimes the why is important. But it's really around allowing us to feel that that confidence in terms of our ability to do it. And even if we can't choose the change that's happening, we can choose how we're going to be able to react to it. And ideally, if you're able to look at the change as an offer, rather than as uh, something negative that's happening. The offer doesn't necessarily have to be positive or negative, it just is. And if we can accept that and move on, that's a very positive thing. And we're seeing a lot of things that are coming out of COVID that, you know, at first would have been like shocking or horrible and I don't wanna do that. And then we're learning something from it. And then we can see how it's gonna be positive for us in the future. This really is an extreme time that we're dealing with right now. And so we also, ha also have to be very kind to ourselves and to give ourselves a break and uh, to not always try to be moving at the same pace we had been before. So making sure that we do take those mental breaks, that we go for walks, that we are able to, you know, all the things that we've always known are good for us are actually good for us, you know, sleep, eat and exercise and to treat ourselves well and recognize that this change is taking its toll. And so we have to be kind to ourselves in that way as well. And um, and some of these we have no choice. We, we have to follow the change, but again, we can react how we're going to react to it. Yeah. So that's good advice. Taking care of yourself physically, giving yourself some mental breaks. What other advice would you give to someone who is struggling with any obstacles in their path on the way to making changes? I would say probably the, the number one thing is if we can see those obstacles as offers or even as constraints, because constraints are a positive thing. When, when we think about um, needing to be creative, people will complain about some of the constraints that are coming up at work, whether it's rules or regulations or, or whether it's time, resources. But constraints can actually fuel our creativity. If we can think of constraints like they were the edges of a box, well, if those are the edges of a sandbox, what do you get to do inside a sandbox? You get to play. Yeah, play and test things. Absolutely. So once we know the constraints, so we can't move outside of this area, 
but we can be creative inside. It allows us to explore all kinds of things we wouldn't have thought of before. And some of the constraints that we've been facing during uh, this time, this extraordinary time, are allowing us to try new things that we never would have even thought of before. Um, I've got an example of a, a client I was working with, an association. They were supposed to have their live in-person conference in the spring of 2020. And uh, so COVID hit, they move it to the fall of, of 2020, yet they still had to have their AGM. And so they decided, okay, we're gonna have to do it virtually. They'd never done anything virtual before. Um, they weren't even using webinars on for any kind of training. So this was a whole new world for them. Wow. And by AGM, you mean the, a general an, meeting? Yes, annual general okay. meeting um, for their members. And normally what would happen is the AGM would be a part of their annual conference live, and they would be out in the hallways trying to drag people to come into the session <laughs> just so that they could get to quorum. And so now we're putting it on virtual. And these are people, again, who aren't experienced with the technology at all. And they ended up having 1,200 people register for their annual general meeting. Wow. Right. And so um, recognizing the power in that and the ability to scale. So all of a sudden they were able to reach such a huge amount of their members in a way that they never would have considered had they not been forced to do so, had they not had the constraints of not being able to meet in person. So now, even as we go back to meeting in person again, meeting live, we're recognizing some of these things that we learned by being forced to do them. And now maybe we're going to be adding, you know, virtual components to our live events, or maybe AGMs will always be virtual. That way we can uh, guarantee that we're going to have quorum for it and realizing that it can actually be done really efficiently as well. It was a great learning for us, for sure. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned on your blog that change can be easy, but the acceptance of change is hard. Can you dive into that a little bit for us? Sure. That That's one of those moments where, you know, I, I say this often, but we teach what we need to learn. And um, so I had some change forced upon me. I uh, fell and I broke my wrist and uh, ended up having to have surgery. And it's my dominant hand, uh, my right hand. And apparently I have taught my left hand to do nothing other than to hold things for the right. Um, so it has been a bit of a frustrating time for me right now and especially having to do everything from home with the technology and and all of that. And so absolutely the change happened and there was nothing I could do about it. There's a cast on my arm. I you know, don't have a choice but for to live with that change. However, I noticed that I still had everything set up for my right hand. So I had my mouse on the right-hand side of the computer. I had my coffee cup on the right-hand side of the computer. And I was watching myself on a Zoom call reach across my entire body to grab the mouse and try moving it. And I realized in that moment that while I was living with the change, I really hadn't accepted it and I wasn't setting myself up for success. And in that really small example, I recognize that sometimes 
that the change occurs and, and we, you know, grudgingly go along, but we don't necessarily accept it. And, and sometimes if we stop fighting it, we can see there might be positives in it. Um, I mean, I know from all of the studies that I've been reading over the years, just for creativity, if you do something with your non-dominant hand, you can actually enhance your, your creativity. Um, so if you think about your left brain is uh, connected to your right hand and your right brain is connected to your left hand. So just by doing that, you can change things up. But what I'm realizing now is with my left hand, I have to consciously think of everything that I'm doing. So it slows down my thinking process. I have to concentrate so hard whether I'm trying to write my name with my left hand, um, taking notes, trying to type, dial my phone, send a text, like it's just slowing down everything that I do. It's actually changing my thinking. When we're using our dominant hand or we're doing things in our usual way, following our script, following our routine, we, we end up being kind of on autopilot with a lot of things that we do, right? Where you're doing things, you're not even recognizing that you're doing them. Um, when we're working in our area of expertise, that can be on, like being on auto, autopilot as well, right? Where we just do things because they're second nature and we know how to do them. We don't even think about them. But as soon as we have to stop and whether it's reteach ourselves, um, almost putting on that beginner's mindset again to really think about how am I going to do this, we can actually change our thinking quite dramatically. So it can really, really helpful to go off our usual script, to change things. It's also allowed us to reflect a little bit more in terms of what is important. We're seeing a lot of those values come out from people as well in terms of being able to spend real quality time with people. It's not so much about how many contacts you have, but how many connections that you have. But I do believe that having this time for being able to work unscripted, we're going to be able to emerge from this. We will be more adaptable, more resilient, more creative, and definitely uh, more willing to find meaning in those connections. I, I get very hopeful when I think about the future that way. Yeah, me too. I really like what you've said about focusing not so much on our contacts, but on our connections, because I think you're right. Viewing our relationships as a connection prompts us to invest more in them, prompts us to do more with them. And I think as we come out of this pandemic and as we come um, get used to the level of change that we've all gone through, I think it's going to be those connections that are really going to help us get through this last part of it and adjust to the world that comes next. So I think you're very correct to say it's the connections that count and the connections that are really going to make a difference in, in how we move forward. So thank you so much for talking with us today. I feel like this has been almost like a talk therapy session. I just feel so much better about uh, the bumpy road that the last year has been as, and I'm more confident about approaching change going forward. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your confident perspective about accepting and handling change. Well, thank you. And I have no doubt than to say you got this. <laughs> we got this. You're right. Thank you. 
Wow, Jennifer offered some fantastic practical advice about dealing with change that I for one will be taking to heart. I love how she frames the idea of change not as a threat, but as an offering that's neither good nor bad. How we react to change is what makes it good or bad. Adapting can be work and it can also be a growth opportunity. What resonated with me was Jennifer's observation that people aren't proud of moments when they rigidly held to a script. We're much more proud of when we accomplish something new or overcome a challenge. That's gonna be something I will try to remember the next time I'm facing a change I don't like or when I feel nervous about taking on a new challenge. Yeah, I completely agree. And if you're interested in learning more about Jennifer's work, visit her website at workunscripted.com. And if you're interested in appearing on our podcast, drop me a note at kclark@naylor.com. We'd love to talk with you about your association and the challenges and successes you're experiencing. My email again is kclark@naylor.com. That's k c l a r k at n a y l o r.com. And don't forget, our 2021 Association Communications Benchmarking Survey is open through April 30th. Help your fellow association communicators map out the future of member communications by taking our 30-minute or less survey. Go to associationadvisor.com and search for the word benchmarking to find the survey link. Everyone who completes the survey will be entered into a drawing to win one of 25 $100 Amazon gift cards. Visit associationadvisor.com and search for benchmarking to find the survey link. As we wrap up this episode, I'd like to say just two more things. Thank you for joining us, and you got this. Yes, we've all got this. Thanks for listening.